0: I mean, hey, the bottom line is subtweeting works, you know, bullying works. So if you have a strong opinion out there, hit up the pod and you'll be on.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome into another edition of There's a Lot Going On, the only podcast that knows the WNBA's Commissioner Cup is more valuable than the WNBA Finals. I'm David Royal, joined, as always, by my pal Tom Shively. Tom, this is a full WNBA preview, and before I ask you how you're doing today, it's far more important that we ask our guest. Hannah Spots, it's your cousin, but more importantly, she is a WNBA extraordinaire, a savant, an expert, if you will, Hannah How are you doing today?
2: I'm great. I'm excited to be here after I've harassed Tom about the WNBA after nearly every episode. So,
0: (laughs) I mean, hey, the bottom line is subtweeting works, you know, bullying works. So if you have a strong opinion out there, hit up the pod and you'll be on. So, you know, respect the
1: listeners and uh, good things happen. I would say Hannah's not the first guest to bully her way onto the podcast, and so you're absolutely right. Bullying works, but I will say, as Tyler, the creator, once said, cyberbullying most certainly does not work. If you don't know what I'm talking about, just Google Tyler, the creator, cyberbullying, tweet. Uh, Tom and Hannah, we're going to be breaking down the WNBA playoffs here. It was an exciting season. Off the top, though, we, we have to address the elephant in the room here. My beloved Washington Mystics, R.I.P. didn't make the playoffs this year. They were fighting an uphill battle without Atlanta Deladon. Not sure what any of you guys think of it, but I mean she's been struggling all year with a back injury and it you know, just some tightness at the end of the year kept them out of the playoffs. She wasn't there for the team and, you know, is what it is. They're they're gearing up for next year. I mean, we gotta let the medical student address it. Like, is it the Lyme disease? How
0: how much of it is the Lyme disease?
2: it's it's the Lyme disease it's the back but you know I gotta give the Mystics some credit for the resiliency that the team play throughout the year uh great coach great team sad to see him lose that game the other night but they're they're a solid team
1: listen all, all I know is that on uh NBA 2k22 I'm running with the Mystics right now 1-0 and that's that's the important thing we're gonna win the virtual championship if we can't win the real one but one of the eight teams in the playoffs will win the championship. Hannah, you have a Vegas jersey on. So before we get too far into the matchups, I need to know what your affiliations are. Are you, are you a Vegas fan? Are you just an Asia Wilson fan? Are you just a general WNBA fan? What What's the affiliation?
2: All of the above. But I would say, yes, I'm rolling with the Aces. I've been rolling with the Aces since the start of the season, as is Tom. Um, we have watched many Aces games this year. Um... Love the team. I'll get into it more later, but big super fan. Love love the Aces.
1: All right, I I think it's only appropriate then. Tom, did you you look like you want to say something? I very rudely cut you off. No, no, not exactly. I I just you know I've
0: been an Asia fan since South Carolina, and I religiously will pick the Gamecocks every year in my Women's March Madness bracket. So uh, shout out Asia, shout out the the Aces. They're they're awesome. So if Penn State ball is not doing it for you, it's uh it's all about. Penn State South Ball has been doing
1: it since Maggie Lucas graduated, so I'm not really worried about that front. <laughs> all right, then. All right, then. Well, let's jump into some of these matchups then. Some new teams, some old, old teams, but also some old faces and new places. We'll, we'll get into all that. I think it's just easiest if we start with the first game on Thursday, the 8 p.m. game between Chicago and Dallas, the six seed and the seven seed. Chicago obviously brought Candace Parker in, so I I think their expectations were a little bit higher than the sixth seed. I think they've struggled at times with the top teams in the league in Connecticut, Vegas, even Phoenix at times has given them some trouble this season. Dallas, you know, team on the rise. I don't I don't think anyone is expecting them to to do well in this matchup or, you know, make a run at the championship. But I'm curious what you guys think. I I think Chicago is obviously a heavy favorite in this series, but it's mostly because I don't see Candace Parker losing a single elimination game.
2: Yeah. So I love Chicago and they're way better than their record is. They started that season and they missed Candace for a huge stretch of that game. They had Stephanie Dolson was out with three on three Olympic qualifying. So they had a lot of moving pieces early in the season when they're on and they're all playing and healthy they're one of the best teams in the league. So I'm just hoping that they come to play against Dallas. I think this will be a close one. I'm picking Chicago. I love the veteran leadership that they've got over the youth of Dallas, but I I pick Enrique to make it a fun one for Dallas.
0: Dallas is interesting to me because I feel like every other team was playing for positioning or even to get in. And Dallas, I think, kind of coasted a little bit towards the end of the season. They were locked into the seven. You know, They didn't maybe play their best games. So – I don't know if we've seen the Dallas that we're going to see in the postseason the last week or so, but I, I think the talent on the other side with Chicago, like you mentioned Candace Parker, it is going to be too much for them. But Dallas, certainly with a good ball, has that young core and is going to be dangerous for a while. I think that's the thing with the league in general is just it feels like every team has something to look forward to. You know, Dallas, you can build on this. New York, we're going to talk about in a little bit, you know, not maybe title contenders, but you can definitely get a lot from these playoff experiences.
1: So I agree with that general sentiment about you know each team as something to build on. I will say, though, this is a good opportunity for me to interject and say, we said this when the year started, the WNBA desperately needs to expand. There were first and second round draft picks who didn't even make their teams this year because the league is so deep right now. And I think there are several markets that are primed, like good NBA markets already that would embrace a WNBA team. Philly comes to mind as a market that would love to have a WNBA team. I mean, they're always clamoring for something other than the pain of the Philadelphia 76ers. So that would be like great for that city. I think Miami is a prime candidate for someone that would probably embrace a WNBA city. I think they've always embraced basketball in that town. And it's just another example, you know, back to Dallas though, they, They've built on all these recent high draft picks, and it's starting to to snowball a little bit into a team that, like you kind of mentioned, led by Arike, has an opportunity here in the next couple of years to ascend into the top of the league and be one of those top contenders but it's so hard to look at this matchup and say they're going to do well when you have to play Candace Parker, MVP, and WNBA champion. You have to go against, you know, Courtney Vandersloot, Allie Quigley. Like you you are fighting an uphill battle because the star power on the other side of the court, it's just better than anything Dallas has to offer right now even if their talent is on the rise.
2: Yeah, don't forget Kalia Copper for Chicago. I've loved the way she's stepped up this season. It's been unreal, especially when some of those other players have been out. Um, And also got to give a shout out, though, to Marina Mabry, fellow uh, teammate of Agumboale at Notre Dame, kind of in the conversation for most improved player this year. So that's a fun duo to watch for Dallas in the future. But again, I take Chicago in this one.
1: All right, so I think we got Chicago across the board here. Let's go over into the other matchup on Thursday, then. That's the 10 p.m. game. Phoenix against the New York Liberty. Obviously, New York has led... I don't even know how... One time, someone texted me because they said, what is up with you and Sabrina Ionescu? Because I was posting everything she did, whether it was Twitter, Instagram, and he was just like, dude, you need to chill. And so, like, that, I love New York for that reason. I think she's incredible, but... Like you look at their roster outside of her, I think it's largely lacking. Like, like they 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 ha, they, ha, they have other pieces, but like when you compare it, parrot New York to Phoenix, uh, Phoenix is just top heavy in a way that I, I think they're New York's going to get rolled in this matchup. So,
2: I, I have a lot of issues with that statement. I think, I mean, Sabrina's great. This has kind of been her rookie season because we've seen her play more this year than last year, obviously, because she got injured. But Benajelani is the star of that team. Natasha Howard, coming from Seattle, a championship team last year, unfortunately also got injured. But they've also got a lot of youth in New York. Um, the rookie of the year, Michaela Onyemwere. Like, I, I like the way Sabrina fits in there, but I, oh man, I love Benajelani. I'm so hyped on her, so but i still agree phoenix phoenix still has a lot more star power in this game but
1: well i'll ask them because uh, as you can tell like i'm hype on sabrina a lot of people are but a lot of that stems back from oregon and her breaking a lot of those triple double records do you think she's not even the best player on this team whether that be now or for the future of this team like is she who they're building around or is it more some of those other players that you mentioned like i i don't know how to how to read what new york is doing
2: yeah, I think it's it's hard to tell. I think she's definitely what they want to build around. But I don't think, I mean, it's not like the college game. The WNBA is not like that. And I think she's had more of a growth in terms of it's not just her world and how she's fitting in against all these other players. And with her coming back from that injury and even had some ups and downs this season. So I think it's building that team with the right pieces around
0: her. I think it's another one of those reminders, too, you you remember how good you have to be to have a sustained career in the WNBA and and you think about only having 12 teams like I know David and I you've had this conversation Hannah and I we've had this conversation like these are the elite athletes in terms of team sports like as far as they go getting into it so I think you kind of forget sometimes you see the star power of the college game that yeah the WNBA is is pretty damn hard to be successful in and so I think Maybe we get lost a little bit in Sabrina's success at Oregon. She was a heck of a player, obviously, but there's talent everywhere on
1: every roster, and and th- that's going to be kind of a theme for for the league until they expand. So, Tom, what is your? I think Hannah kind of already started to give a prediction there, but your assessment of Phoenix. The I mean, listen, there's a, there's a chance there there is an opportunity. I'll just say it that Phoenix gets to both their basketball teams into the finals this year because the. Obviously, the Sun made it in the NBA Finals, and I don't know why. I I keep tripping over saying NBA and WNBA. I'm having such a hard time doing that. I don't know why. But the Phoenix Suns made it in the NBA Finals, and now the Mercury, I think, have a great opportunity. They come in steaming hot into the playoffs.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they end up winning the title. Uh, They've lost the last three, but I think you know they're kind of... uh, Again, they maybe playing for the 4 seed but to me the big takeaway is Britney Griner with you know 2158% shooting is, is going to be a matchup nightmare for anyone that New York throws at her i think a, a team like Seattle will probably match up better against Phoenix but it, it's a tall ask for New York and and their interior defense to, to give a lot of give a lot of headache to Britney Griner i think she's going to kind of have her way
2: Brittany's having an MVP caliber season. Like she's not my MVP pick, but she's right up there.
1: Who is your MVP pick?
2: Oh, John Quell Jones, Connecticut, all the way. But um, I think the duo of Brittany Griner and then Brianna Turner inside for Phoenix has been great. Also, Skylar Diggins-Smith has played phenomenal. So even if Diana Taurasi not healthy or playing in that first game, Phoenix is a They've got they're working on all cylinders right now, and I'm I've been impressed with them, especially the second half of the season.
1: Yeah, and I I think for a team like Phoenix, I don't know if this is a hot take necessarily, but I feel like in in other sports it sometimes is not helpful to have that first round by because then you're sitting for a, like more days than the other teams. You maybe can lose some of what helped you get hot in that last month. And so I think in some ways playing in this first round game, basically what is essentially in my eyes, a tune-up game against New York, they should win this game by, you know, 10 to 30 points. It could get ugly, but I, I see the game in that way where they can tune up and then get ready for a Seattle team who, might not even have their best player and Brianna Stewart play in this game. Like like there is a real opportunity to them for them to co- not coast, but pretty comfortably get to the semifinals against either Connecticut or Vegas.
2: And I mentioned this earlier, Phoenix, well, specifically Diana Taurasi is seven and one in single eliminate single elimination playoff games. So don't mess with DT.
1: Don't mess with DT. I I know she's dealing with a bit of an injury right now. So I I know based on what you just said, New York is really hoping that Diana Taurasi does not play in this game. I mean, uh, while we're on the topic of Diana Taurasi, WNBA recently has been, they've been doing the voting for the WNBA top 25, who's the WNBA GOAT. Is DT your GOAT? Because I mean, I, I think she's clearly the WNBA GOAT, but I'm curious where you guys land on that.
0: I might be on Team Sue Bird. I think the the, the the hardware she's picked up in Seattle and the longevity. I mean, DT's got a lot of it too, but Sue Bird late in the career, what she's been able to do and sustain it, I think. No disrespect to DT, but I, I would lean Sue Bird. I don't think there's a wrong choice.
2: Yeah, I, I like DT. I go back and forth with some of the, like the old WNBA greats, but they, a lot of them had a lot shorter careers, so stats-wise they don't match up to the DTs, the Sue Birds. DT is absolutely, though, the best, the greatest of all time at Trash Talk. Without a doubt, he takes the cake every time.
1: I I need to find that story before we're done today because I I was reading recently that one of the things she did to a player was she walked up to her and was was like, oh, tell your mom I said hi. And then she called her mom after the game and was like, I have never once interacted with Diana Taurasi. I, I don't know why she said that to you. So it's just it's just classic Diana Taurasi. Apparently there are stories over decades of her just like back at UConn, just trash talking her opponents. And it, it sounds legendary. I'm, I'm curious now I'm br- we bring it up, who is the better trash talker between the group of Diana Taurasi, Kobe Bryant, and Michael Jordan? Because to me, like... You're looking at three of the four in the Mount Rushmore basketball trash talkers, and I think she could go toe-to-toe with them.
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, last year in the Wubble, she literally told the ref after the game, like, I'll see you in the lobby. And hands down, one of my favorite moments of all time.
1: What I like about that is it's literal. So you can't really, like, find her or throw her out. Like, she's literally going to see her in the lobby, but we all know what that means. I just... Diana Tarossi is legend. We we love Diana Tarossi over here. Alright, guys. Since we have all the same people coming out of the first round, we both have we all have Chicago. We all have Phoenix. Let's look at it then from those matchups since we kind of all see it going the same way. Let's start in the four-five matchup because I, I think It's the more interesting matchup specifically if Brianna Stewart plays. So it's the Seattle Storm against the Phoenix Mercury if the results hold as we think they or not hold, if the results go as we think they will. Seattle, obviously the Commissioner Cup winners. Shout out to their genius ideas. Based on our research, it appears you win more money for winning the Commissioner's Cup than you do for winning the WNBA final. So, I mean, interesting strategy. It seems to work for them, but since... They've come back from the Olympic break. This team has not been the same. They won that Commissioner's Cup right after the Olympics. But other than that, they've really been struggling. They've dropped all the way to the four seed and now are are probably going to have a really tough matchup on their way to the WNBA finals or the semifinals against Seattle and then potentially either Connecticut or Vegas. I'm curious your guys' take on what's really happened to Seattle since, since the Commissioner's Cup, essentially.
0: I think a lot of it has to do with you're just playing so much basketball and, and it's going to wear on you to a certain extent. I know I said at the beginning of the season, you know, it's so hard to three-peat in any sport really just to be healthy enough for three seasons and to, to kind of put everything together. And, and it feels like the injury bug caught up to them a little bit this year. I think the fact that you got a lot of players that are in Tokyo, um, you got a lot of players, you know, you're putting a lot of effort into the Commissioner's Cup as you should be for that kind of price tag. But... I, I feel like just the volume of basketball the last few seasons, you know, quicker turnaround with the offseason this year. So that's got to play into it a little bit. I think we saw some of that with the Lakers, and I think we're seeing some of that with Seattle.
1: Real quick, Hanna, before you go, too, I, I think just to build off that, I you know, Brianna Stewart got hurt. And you could probably attribute it to all that basketball because she was playing in Europe last season despite the pandemic. And so, you know, you had the WNBA season. She went right from that to the european league she went right from the european league back to the WNBA. didn't have a break mid during the olympics because she went over to the olympics and then came back and got hurt like you have to imagine all that basketball war on her and that's why she might not play in the playoffs
2: and it's not just like stewie is obviously the the best player on that team but jordan canada has been out for them and she provides a great spark off the bench ezzy Magbagor played played for the Australian team. So she's also playing a lot of basketball. Jewel Lloyd has been the shining like spot for Seattle. And obviously she dropped 37 points against Phoenix last Friday, which secured Seattle into the four. Otherwise they would have dropped to the five. So Jewel can't carry it all on her own though. And that's the thing. I don't think Seattle has the depth this year, especially not a healthy depth to their bench to, to make that push to go all the way to the championship. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think you kind of hit the nail on the head. Like they're they're good, but like they're gonna have their hands full in a matchup with Phoenix. Like you mentioned, Brittany Griner, MVP candidate potentially. Skylar Diggins Smith has been a baller in that like hot streak. Like she I feel like last year during COVID and in the wobble, she struggled a little bit to they struggled a little bit as a team to click. And this season they've kind of put it all together in this back half of the year have really started to to figure out what works well together and what as a team can help them propel them potentially to a a finals appearance. I'll just say now I'm picking Phoenix in this matchup. I I think with the injury to Brianna Stewart, I just don't think they're going to have enough firepower to hang with Phoenix. And, you know, like you said, like a dominant president on the inside, like Brittany Griner paired with the guys on the, guys, girls. I was. I just say guys generally. I'm just going to put that out there. I say guys for everyone. To have the the teammates she does on the outside in Diggins, Smith, Tarosi, a lot of the other people we've mentioned, I think it's just going to be too much. And I, I think Phoenix is going to take this one. Uh, it'll, it's probably a close matchup because you can't really ever count out Seattle, but I think Phoenix takes it.
0: Yeah. I mean, Seattle, it, it's hard to say Phoenix has it in the bag because Seattle just beat them by nine less than a week ago. But Eleven and five at home, nothing to nothing, no, nothing to slouch about if you're Seattle. But twelve and four on the road for Phoenix, best record in the WNBA. So, you know, you mentioned Tarasi's elimination games; they're, they're clearly not afraid to go on the road and and beat Seattle. So, I'm with you. I like Phoenix as well.
1: Hannah, same thing. Phoenix.
2: Yeah, Phoenix. Single elimination. I like it.
1: All right, let's go over to the other side then. And th- this is the point where I'll make a a bit of a confession. Because of my old work schedule, recently, you know, I moved, starting a new job, I haven't been able to watch a lot of the WNBA games this year. It's been more catching highlights. Minnesota's kind of caught me by surprise. I don't know much about Minnesota other than they had a really good regular season. Hannah, as the expert, I need you to fill me in on the three-seeded Minnesota Lynx. You know, still without Maya Moore, I'm of the belief that she may never play in the WNBA again. She seems very content in her life away from basketball. So give me the lowdown on on this team that I I feel like not even that long ago was winning WNBA titles. Yeah, I
2: love the Lynx. And they had kind of a rocky start to the season, I would say. Uh, getting a bunch of players back from overseas commitments, some injuries at the beginning, um, free agency. And they made some big moves, but then Ariel powers who came over from your beloved mystics, she uh, got hurt, but now she's back. So, um, but big highlights, obviously Nafisa Collier, former rookie of the year, like star studded, you know, has been solid for them pretty much all season. But the story with Minnesota has really been Sylvia Fowles for me, Sylvia Fowles. Defensive player of the year candidate just is one of, I think one of two players averaging a double double in the league. I think it's like Sylvia and John Cole Jones are the two players averaging a double double right now. Um, so she's just been solid for them. And Cheryl Reeve is a quality coach. So I like them. They're, they're a fun team to watch. So that's like the the season highlights. So they've kind of like snuck up on a lot of people, I would say.
0: Yeah, I, I think with uh, fouls has been fantastic to me. I think I, I love the way she's fitting in. I, I don't love the matchup with Chicago. I I really think the way Chicago can score with with Candace, you know, six. We've kind of hit on underseeded. So I, I think it's going to be an early exit for Minnesota. I know we're not we're not in predictions yet, but I give me Chicago.
1: What well, what is? But I feel like we ju- we just hit on. On like the defensive prowess of Minnesota, like why is it a bad matchup for them then if if they're that good defensively? Because to me, like that would be the kind of team that gives Chicago trouble is a team who is super stout defensively and can hang with them enough on the offensive end. And I I think Minnesota can do more than hang with them. Like I, I think Minnesota is a good offensive team.
0: I I think it's the matchup problems with some of those wing players that Chicago has that's going to create a lot of problem. I th- I think Minnesota's strength is its interior defense and Chicago on the outside. If you're knocking down threes like they can, like with VanderSloot as well, it, it's going to be a nightmare for for Minnesota on the outside. And I, and I think you know maybe Chicago has an off shooting night and Minnesota wins. I don't think it, it it's even, but I like the I like the offensive attack that, that this guy have.
2: I think, I think they split the regular season, like one and one or something. So, and they've been pretty decent games. You can quote me on that or, or check my memory there, but, um, and I think they've been decent. I also, I just really like Chicago. I think there's, they're kind of two teams that have both been up and down at different times of the season, but I just like Chicago plays fast. And I love Candace Parker. So I want Candace to succeed preseason. I had a lot of high hopes for Chicago and I, I'm just like clinging on to those hopes at this point. Uh,
1: I think I agree. Just again, I I think I I was just trying to play devil's advocate there. I, I, think, I think Chicago with Candace Parker, again, single elimination game. I don't feel comfortable picking against her in a single elimination game. And I think they'll be able to do enough, even if they haven't really met the expectations that us and everyone had for them in the preseason. All right, so at this point, we're chalk in terms of Us agreeing, not in terms of the actual playoff rankings, but in terms of what we agree on, we all have Phoenix and Chicago making it to the semifinals, which would mean that Connecticut would face Chicago in the WNBA semifinals and Las Vegas would play Phoenix. Let's start with the one seed Connecticut. Connecticut and other teams, since losing the Commissioner's Cup, has been scorching hot. They, they, them and Phoenix, the two hottest teams in the league, the second half of the season. And to, to, I think Chicago would have a lot of problems here. Like Connecticut, they want to beat you inside. They can beat up on you on the boards. They want to, you know, shoot from outside. They got you there. They play good defense. Like uh, there's a reason they're the one seed. And to me, they've been the most consistently great team this entire season.
2: I love Connecticut. Sorry, Tom. I Connecticut, like even last year, like everyone sleeps on Connecticut. And then they're like still really good. And they just got Alyssa Thomas back, which I don't really understand how that happened because she like tore her Achilles, but she's back. So that just like adds another like another weapon to their arsenal. But you've basically like to set the stage, you've got a matchup between two of your three point contest like finalists in Allie Quigley in Chicago and your starting center for the Connecticut Sun, John Quill Jones, my MVP candidate. I love it. I I, I agree. I don't think Chicago can win a best-of-five series against Connecticut, even if Connecticut has an off game because they've got this huge, uh, you know, like layover, I guess, because they're not playing those first rounds. I love Connecticut. Defensively, they're so well-coached. Connecticut wins this.
0: Yeah, I mean, 14 wins in a row, is that any good? Like, they haven't lost since July 9th. July 9th feels like six years ago at this point. It's just that kind of consistency – I feel like it's just going to translate and and create nightmares for Chicago. I think, Hannah, you kind of hit the nail on the head. I could see Chicago winning the game. I I think this will be a four-game series, but Connecticut's just the overall talent. I I think they have really separated themselves, and it's going to take a special effort to beat them. and, And Chicago, I don't think, has the talent like maybe two other teams that are on the other side do and can hang with Connecticut.
1: Yeah, I would say since we're given predictions already, I don't think there's a lot to say about this matchup that we haven't already said. I think Connecticut is clearly the better team. I think Chicago maybe might have a better shot at running at the title next year. I think maybe they've run into some of the same issues Phoenix had where first year things just not clicking well. And you see that a lot in the NBA too, where, you know, it takes a while. And with how short the WNBA season is, I think it's just hard to build that chemistry over a, a 30, I think it's 32 games over a 32 game season. So I, I think Connecticut, you know, a lot of these pieces have been there the last couple of years. They've run into some heartbreak. I think this is the year they, they get back to the, the WNBA finals. I think it's their best opportunity to win the finals. I, I think on paper and based on the season results, they're the hottest team coming into the playoffs and they were the best team all regular season. So I think they make it to the finals. So the question is, we're all in agreement so far who comes out on the other side it's the vegas aces both of your guys kind of teams and the phoenix mercury so it's the hottest team in the league against what i think some would argue is the best player in the league in asia wilson i mean they have liz cambage i'm not going to name every player on this team we know vegas over the last couple of years has been stockpiling assets they they have talent all over the board It showed up in the regular season it it's weird because they haven't had that, like at least that I can remember, that super long winning streak at any point in the season. They've just been consistently great. It's just been constant greatness from them. That's why they have the first round by. I mean, it's going to be a hell of a matchup. What What do you guys? What do you guys see from the Aces? Let's start there.
0: I I think Asia Wilson is just so good that you kind of lose her in the MVP conversation just because of how much she produces every year. Obviously, Liz is going to be Liz. Kelsey Plum has been huge this year. Uh shout out the 3 on 3 basketball tournament for for getting that done, but you know you got you got Williams can knock down the three ball. I think Chelsea Gray has has really been solid this year for the Aces and as far as talent goes, both of these rosters are littered with it. I think this has potential to in my opinion be the best series of the entire playoffs and I think the winner of this one, like I said 2 minutes ago, has a great chance of knocking off Connecticut and I I lean Vegas just because of the the recent playoff experience, and I think Asia Wilson is a difference maker more so than DT or Griner can be when it's a tight game. And so just give me Asia Wilson. Give me the home court advantage for Vegas and give me the consistency. I mean, they score 89 a game, which leads the league. So they're going to be hard to stop, and I think Phoenix is going to have to try to outscore them, which isn't necessarily their strength.
2: Vegas is one of my favorite teams to watch, and they have a lot of fun playing and I think that translates well they've got great depth I mean Tom just named like seven different players and any one of them can go off any night you you for like I love the Chelsea Gray acquisition this this offseason from she came over from LA that's been huge for them I mean Chelsea Gray has hit at least two buzzer beater like game winner shots in the regular season Jackie Young has improved Kelsey Plum coming back from her Achilles has been going off you also forgot De'Arica Hamby reigning two times six Woman of the Year. I would say she's in the conversation this year, but also Kelsey Plum. Like, they have multiple candidates for six Woman of the Year. Like, to me, like, that depth and the experience of them, obviously getting swept by Seattle last year in the playoffs. But in the finals, I think they're back. They're ready. Obviously, I'm riding Vegas all the way. But I like, I think it's a good matchup. I think interior-wise, it'll be a great. And then it'll be a, a battle of some of the... The outside shooting.
0: I mean Chelsea Gray too, with the uh, had a buzzer beater against your Mystics, David. So uh, you know
1: maybe we're uh, talking about a Mystics playoff run. If not for Chelsea Gray, hey, that's okay. That's okay. We we knew what it was when uh, Deladon was was basically done for the season. I, I think just to hit on a point Hannah made there, Tom, you had started to make it. Hannah said the number seven. That is right on the money. They've had seven player, they've had seven players this season average double figures. That's absurd to have that many players on one team to be able to average double figures when you have the star power they have. Like I meant like to have Asia Wilson and Liz Cambage and Kelsey Plum and Jackie Young and still have three more players in double figures is nuts to me. Like they uh, top to bottom, they're, they're probably the deepest team, I think, of any of these playoff teams in terms of scoring. I, I think that's why they've been able to score at the rate they can because of of the number of players they have that can score. But I will say, I, I think uh, the thing the thing with Phoenix, right, Brittany Griner can only take away one of these players in terms of Wilson or Cambage, and I think that's where Phoenix runs into a bit of an issue is... You take away one, you know, Brittany Griner guards one. That's all well and fine. Who's going to guard the other? And I think that was the entire thought process around, around acquiring Cam Beige. And there's just so many players. I mean, I'll just say now, I, I think Vegas probably wins this one too. I was going to pick Phoenix originally, but I, I just think there's too much firepower from the Aces. You mentioned like that scoring prowess. It's hard to go against that.
0: I think if you're Phoenix, you probably root for Minnesota to win because in my mind, you match up better against a more defensive-type type team in Connecticut. So I think they could give the Sun a series, but Vegas, is, it's going to be a war, but the offensive power that they have is going to be tough to contain.
2: I will play devil's advocate for Phoenix's defense because I think obviously you've got Brittany Greiner. But Brianna Turner, who was a Notre Dame grad and has been playing phenomenal defense and has really grown into her role. I think she's one or two seasons away from like a defensive player of the year kind of year. She plays pretty solid interior defense there and is a nice compliment to Brittany Griner. She just doesn't. She's just not Brittany Griner. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, I agree. I just I don't know. I'm I'm hoping that this is a close series. I think it probably is. I think it probably goes four, maybe five games. And in that situation, it, it may be hard to get bet against Diana Taurasi, who, again, like in terms of clutch players, there might not be many players more clutch. But Asia a- Wilson, I mean, she's shown a clutch pedigree in her career as well. So I lean Aces, I don't feel as good about this one as I do most of my other picks because I think Phoenix can give them a run for their money. But I think across the board, we have the same WNBA finals, and that is the Connecticut Sun against the Las Vegas Aces, the the hottest team in the WNBA against maybe the best collection of talent in the WNBA. I think we've already given our synopsis of both of these teams. Hannah, we'll let you go first. Break down the matchup and who you think wins.
2: I think it's tough. Connecticut plays great team defense, and they've had some success against Vegas this season. I'm sticking with my preseason pick. I love Vegas at the start of the season. I've loved them throughout the season through the highs and the lows. I think Vegas takes it. I think it's competitive. But I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Connecticut won either. But my gut says Vegas, and I'm sticking to it.
0: You've never known me as a man to, to waver my picks in any way. So, you know, I really like Vegas. I think It's kind of the classic matchup of elite offense versus elite defense. And I think, you know, Connecticut, I think by 9, 10 points defensive in terms of average points a game ahead of second best and Vegas top scoring team in the league. So it's basketball. And at the end of the day, I think great offense beats great defense. And Vegas, with their ability to score, I I think is going to do just enough these games are probably going to be in the 70s. I don't see you know 90 point performances from Vegas, but can you get enough scoring when when you really need a bucket from from Asia Wilson? And and that's the end of the day. I trust her more than I trust anybody on that Connecticut roster.
1: All right, I'll I'll be the person then. I'll I'll be the devil's advocate here, and I will I will pick the Connecticut Sun, my new state. I gotta I gotta ride for Connecticut. I was say Homer pick, yeah, <laughs> but it's not though. Because here's the difference, right? If you go to the advanced stats in the WNBA, in terms of offensive rating, these teams are only separated by three points. In terms of points per game, yeah, Vegas has been the better team, but it's not like Connecticut is a slouch on offense. They're not a bad team. They're five points better on defense. In terms of net rating or in terms of defensive rating. So the net rating works out to about a point. But I think Phoenix has been consistently better. They're better on defense. They have, as Hannah said, the MVP. It would be heartbreaking for Vegas to lose another, you know, WNBA finals, but Connecticut's lost a couple too. So it would be the battle of teams who can't win the WNBA finals. It would be fascinating to see who is who are the queens of not winning the WNBA Finals. I'm going to go with Connecticut. I I think, you know, MVP candidate, they're going to be at home. They're going to have the home court advantage. I may be in attendance for a WNBA Finals game. Who knows? The defense is better. I'm going to go with Connecticut in this one. Historic defense, I think they are able to take the title.
0: I think you have to go at this point. If If they make the finals, you have to be there.
1: Listen, I'm not gonna bet against the team who's won 14 straight. Like, they have been unstoppable the second half of the year. They've beat everybody in the league. Like, who no one has shown a propensity to beat them since they've come back to the Olymp- from the Olympics, except for Seattle, and Seattle is not the same team that beat them. So I- I'm going with I'm I'm riding with the hot hand here. I think the hot hand generally wins out. I mean <sighs> that defense i'm i'm just saying that defense that's all i'm saying
0: it's like their last five games so the five they played in september their closest one was a nine point win at phoenix so they're just they're on another level right now and it's gonna take something special from vegas but i I, i've believed in them all year and i think it, it feels like it's coming together at the right time maybe when it didn't earlier in the season but obviously that's true for connecticut too
2: Fun fact, while we're on the subject of Connecticut, because I feel like it can't go unmentioned. Obviously, I've made the case several times why I think Jonquok Jones is my MVP. But she would be the first player to win most improved player, which she did in 2017. And then MVP if she wins the MVP this year, which is a pretty awesome career evolution, if I say so myself.
1: Yeah, it's awesome. And I think that just speaks to connecticut's growth because it feels like the last couple years they've lost some players to other teams and then it's like oh well is this the year connecticut falls off and it's like no they're like they're good at developing their own players and they're doing a great job of continuing a winning pedigree no matter who the other players are now they have like legitimate like star caliber players and but bo- you know both joneses and then dawana bonner like it- it's a solid team over there that is getting slept on a little bit because the names aren't as big as an asia wilson or a britney griner all right guys i think that's it for our WNBA playoff preview you both have the aces i'm gonna ride with the connecticut sun it i mean it wouldn't have been there's a lot going on if we were all in agreement here we have to be like pitted against each other so when one of us is right we can throw it back in the other person's face uh hannah thank you for joining us i don't know if there's anything you want to plug if you want to plug a social media you know where can the people find your takes what what do you want to plug
2: well i i would i have to plug my my Alma mater of Colgate men's basketball, which has taken some heat in previous years during some March Madness. So I'm taking the stance of defending my my lovely uh, Colgate men's basketball, the Raiders. Go Raiders! Coming in hot this season, so I I couldn't not take the opportunity to uh to end on that note.
0: (laughs) David had some had some choice words for Colgate. I think we did our March Madness preview, so.
2: Yeah, it was a little salty. Not going to lie. Tom, I let Tom hear about it.
1: <laughs> Listen, they are named after a guy who invented a toothpaste. I, I don't know if that's actually factual or not, but the name is the exact same. I use Colgate toothpaste. It's great. I, I mean, I, what am I supposed to do? It's not my fault. Maybe if they were named something else, I would feel differently. Like, Popeye's University, I could have gotten behind that. That would have been pretty cool. I would have picked that team to win. But Colgate University, I'm not feeling it. Did they even win? Did they win their game? They did not. You're not allowed to come on here and talk spicy after they lose. I was right. My take was right. Whether I got up,
2: they were up in the first half.
1: <laughs> did they cover even? Like, do we know if they covered?
0: Oh, that's a good question. They played Arkansas, who was very good in that tournament. Not
1: that that has anything to do with them covering. It's not important. My take was that their name is bad because it's Colgate. And that is still true. And they were bad on the basketball court. So I won twice. Tom, do you have any final thoughts?
0: Um, I would love for Penn State basketball to get embarrassed in March Madness. Like Colgate. I wouldn't say embarrassed, that's hard, but to to uh I miss March Madness, I miss Penn State being good. Those are my final thoughts, and that will that will probably haunt me forever.
1: Tom, I, I think the the play here is like you need another. You seem to just be a Big Ten guy in general, but you need another team. So, well, like,
0: I, I do have another team. They just lose every year. I have. And who was know, that? I, it was Ohio State last year. It was Michigan State the year before. It's been Wisconsin. It's been Michigan.
2: These are all Big Ten teams.
1: He
0: rides the Big Ten. I do, I do. Except in women's hoops, you know, give me South Carolina all day. Favorite team, Don Staley. Don Staley. There is nobody like in college basketball. Stanford. Is
1: gonna be terrifying.
2: <laughs> Pack twelve women's hoops. That's where it's at.
1: Uh, Tom. I, since you brought it up, I just gotta say, Don Staley, North Philadelphia Zone. That's Tom Shively. We thank Hannah Spots for joining us. I'm David Roy. We'll catch you back here for another edition of There Is a Lot Going On.